we'll start a nuclear war with these motherfuckers. I said, we'll just go ham on socials for weeks. But unfortunately, like everyone, he wants to get along to get along. So he had to just fucking... Oh, no, better not say that. They might be upset. I was like, motherfuckers, turn me loose. Fucking turn me loose. <laughs> you have to realise, if I'm in a war, mate, I'm like, right, OK, get the flamethrowers. Let's go to their village there. Burn that motherfucker down. Destroy every one of their line. Desecrate the fucking church. Everything. Whoa, we're going to war, mate. We're in war. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Side Select. Bunch of grumpy old men talking about esports. You got. To, I'm, I'm so looking forward to today's episode because I know both Thorne and Rich are going to go on some mega tangents and it's going to be delicious speaking of delicious i want to intro you guys to our viewers because i'm sure they have no idea who you are it's not like they just come through your social and watch these videos and they know who everyone is at this point anyway let's get to know you a bit more thorin i've asked you all of your favorite meals your favorite color your your death row meal i want to know I feel like okay. i'm getting the second date with you at this point in time fucking hell, all your best material <laughs> Exactly. I'm I'm stealing all this <laughs> okay. stuff, but I'm gonna create the ultimate, the Adonis of, right. of, of yeah. It's it's Tinder Swindler V2. That's what's gonna happen. Um, in fact, it's actually quite relevant. I'm gonna ask you. You have the most beautiful woman slash man slash whatever you're into coming around your house, okay? And you've okay. got to cook them a meal to win them Ooh, over, and okay. you only get one chance. Yeah. What meal are you cooking them? So here's the thing. I would actually go, maybe it's just say something about it. I would basically stick to the wheelhouse of what you're actually good at. Don't take a risk and try some like dish you've never created or something super complicated. Because as anyone who's ever seen any stupid romantic comedy knows, you're just going to like feel stressed and mess it up and fucking burn something or not have an, uh, something ready in time. So I would say what I would do is I would stick to something really simple, but that if you actually do it well, it can feel like it was like, you know, home cooked. You put your, because essentially it's also about like the message you send it. So I would just do something simple like, you know, like, um, let me think like a sort of tomato pasta with bacon or something. But what I would do is I would do it like quality style. Like I would put like some butter into the, the water beforehand and I would do it like really slow so it's all properly cooked and really like tender mm. for the pasta. I'd make sure the sauce had like, you know, like some fucking super duper recipe that you find online. Because the point is, even though that's actually a really simple meal to make, like I say, if you do it right, I actually think it does make a nice ambiance, you know? That's true. And if you'd sprinkle like some cheese on top and maybe those little green leaf things, it looks like pretty bougie, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 can, I can get behind that, sticking to something you're good at. There you go. Rich, what about you? Are you sticking to something you're familiar with or are you going to show your daring prowess on your one chance to impress your, your to-be wife slash hubby slash whatever? And you should call them those weird green leaf things if she asks you what ingredients you're cooking with as well. I'd say that'll, de that'll definitely yeah, just... uh, get her halfway there. But no, I'm, what I will say is keep keep going to Thorin first on these because I do actually have to ponder, especially when it comes to food, because I'll be honest, I don't do that much cooking directly myself. You know, I try to eat reasonably healthy or whatever, but that's usually like sniping good deals on something gourmet from the supermarket. Or whatever. I, I can't cook for shit. So what I would actually do is... I would go, again, I'm being tactical here. This goes one or two ways. Either I go for something super niche that she's never heard of, therefore she can't judge it on the merits of what it is. Or, more likely, I just fake it and I just buy something that looks homemade but isn't actually homemade. Because ultimately, when you when you look back on it, is she going to remember your first impression being, yeah, and he tried to cook for me the first night and it was fucking shocking and I was still hungry. But Or... Is she just going to remember? Yeah, sure. I was. It was a bit suspicious that it still had a label on the packaging, but it tasted really good. 
So did I? Your your fucking morals run based on will you be caught or not? And if you won't be caught, and five just like just get away with fight seven, and then it's like ah, oh, so that's how I met your mother. Children like what the fuck? What's up, man? By the way, that's also if you ever do marry this woman, like fuck attention. You started the whole relationship on a lie. Like yeah. you couldn't even be honest about it. Believe it. All you had to say was like ah, oh, you know, like I just ordered food in because I appreciate. Yeah, I didn't want to ruin it with a bad meal or something. You know, she might even like the hum- humble approach. No, thing, no, 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 because it all crescendos in a fun reveal gag at the end of the night that we okay. all enjoy together and right. then you know that'll be our oh, right first... at the end you bring out the package or what? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna right. i'm not gonna maintain the lie for the, re- right. for the rest of time no 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 i thought so, it was yeah. gonna be like your this is like your version of that sex up dossier that got like the britain into the iraq war or something you know you're just gonna like maintain it forever <laughs> memory hole that anything else ever happened oh uh, that's no <laughs> And upon your death, you'll whack and find exactly reveal all of these. That's one of the things in the world. It's like, oh, by the way, that meal didn't cook it. It was actually from the Sainsbury's Select line, and I just (laughs) took it out the packet. Wow. Um, (laughs) I don't know why I ask you guys these questions. You always just give me things I'm not expecting. I have to say though, Rich, mate, your your logic at the beginning of that argument is she going to remember? Oh, he he cooked for me, but it wasn't it wasn't great, and I I didn't eat, and I was kind of hungry. Or oh yeah, we ate, it was nice. She's absolutely gonna remember the first one, because women remember these kind of things, man. This is what they remember, and then you'll look back one year into your into your relationship, and she's like, do you remember that time when you blah, 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 and you remember all the shit things you did when you first met them? They don't forget, mate. So pick your pick your strategy wisely, mate, because she's definitely gonna hold you to it, whatever you decide to do. Um, you're both you're both dying alone and you're single. You both failed the, the test. Let's move on to our topics today, guys. Uh, let's start with the LEC. We're rounding up here. It's almost time for playoffs. And I want to know who's going to be making the playoffs. Rogue's already made it. They're, they're 11 and 2. They're popping off. And so they're, they're locked in here. Uh, but the rest of the team's still to be decided. Who do you think is going to make it in? Uh, Rich, do you need to ponder this one? Can I come to you first, or do you do you want me to to go to Thorin on this? Or uh, no, nah, it's uh, I th- think I'm think I'm more prepared for okay. this one than first eight questions. Uh, I mean, I do think the current top four as they are now. Uh, for those who don't have it in front of them, it's Rogue, then Fnatic, then Misfits, and G two. I think they'll all definitely make playoffs for sure, and I think they'll they will probably be the top four. Um, whether they're in that order or not, I'm not actually so sure. Like, it, it is fairly important, I guess, or at least it can be, depending on who, you, which team you believe is strong or not, uh, if you get one of the top two seeds. So, so far as that's a thing, I actually think Misfits will get that. Um, oh. That's pu- purely a trajectory thing and based, I guess, on recency bias as well, because last week, I mean, G2 and Fnatic both had uh, horror shows. I don't think they can use the excuse of the, the sort of the patch changes that came the week before. So um, I actually think, you know, Misfits uh, looked the best last week, at least. And obviously, they're all very close in record. So I'm going to say that Misfits finish um, above them. Obviously, Rogue, Rogue will win it. I, I have no doubts, even if they uh, drop a game or two. Um, so for me, it basically comes down to debating the last two spots, who gets them and, and who do you essentially trust the most. Obviously, BDS, if we're talking about people who aren't going to make it, realistically, they're out of contention, even though mathematically they could qualify. But to be honest, they're just bad as well. They don't even look like assembling some sort of miracle run, do they? Um, so basically, who do I trust the most out of Excel, Vitality, SK, and MAD? Uh, I would say I trust MAD the least, which might actually be surprising to some people. But I think SK, for example... Um, they look more likely to go on a miracle run. Again, I don't think they do. I am going to kind of play it safe here and say that Excel and Vitality are the two <clears throat> most likely. 
one, because in records, they're ahead, right? So they have an advantage. But also, I don't think SK or MAD have enough. Um, but yeah, I actually think MAD are probably the least likely of the, those teams that are in contention to do anything. So yeah, I'll go with Excel and Vitality for the last two uh, spots. Something else I would just add, though, is when it comes to Vitality, I'm, I think they have to have a really big showing this week. I think they have to show that they are actually a good team. They did start the season how I thought they would, like some pretty bad sloppy games, not looking that synergistic, but then also some moments where Perks was playing really well. Alfari had like one really good game, like a, a couple of a couple of the games, like individuals shined and they won. But I did think by now they would look stronger and more reliable reliable than they have done. And I think time's kind of running out. And yes, you can say, oh, you know, they're a great team with great experienced players. As long as they make the playoffs, I'm sure they'll do fine. I actually have not seen enough to think that that's true. Um, obviously, this is kind of what Mad Lions did to a certain extent last year. But I do think that's an exception rather than the rule. So I'm Vitality need to have a really big fucking week. Because if they slip in in sixth, they're, they're first rounders. I think they're, they're one and done. And for what it's worth this week, Vitality is playing against SK and Misfits. So, I mean, I, to be honest, I, I think we were, before the, the split began, I think it's fair to say, expectations for Vitality were higher than Misfits. Um, but that's well, going to be... Absolutely. Big... Yeah, right. So that's, that's going to... As things have gone, though, it's going to be a bit of a challenge. And if you drop that game to SK especially, uh, that's pretty much a, a must-win game for them. Um, because, you know, you're, you are fighting for that six spot uh, uh with them uh thorin what about you mate what do you think about the uh the playoffs so far we've got rogue already locked in but who's going to be taking the rest of those spots yeah normally i don't actually go off pure like form in the split etc not least because one thing i've noticed about L L lec eulcs over the years is there's actually if anything a trend where the teams that are really good early on in the split actually tend to drop off and it tends to always be a couple of teams who peak right towards the end a bit like misfits is doing now and so similarly if you go the other way around mad lions obviously started better and now they don't do well right the, but the problem is the actual top six as it stands right now i believe will be the top six for the playoffs i don't think there'll be any surprises now the order that they're in obviously he can change there's so many games to go but like rogue obviously is locked in anyway the other two like fanatic and misfits just aren't going to lose enough games like they're just definitely going to make it at this point in time certainly you could debate as rich sort of alluded to who will actually be the second one though i could go either way on that one i also think by the way misfits if you just look right now like venthio is probably the mvp of the entire lec like just single-handedly mm -hmm. he's not going to lose every game like they're going to win at least one or two of him just popping off he even plays the champions for enough that the people on all the other talk shows trying to tell me people like caps can't play because why would you play it but he wins the fucking game one v9 with it so to me he's just the truth mate so to me the real problem is this this could have been a really interesting discussion before mickey x joined xl unfortunately right at the time mickey x joined xl it did actually seem to help solidify something about the team and they've looked a lot more dangerous which put them into playoff contention and exactly that time is actually when mad lines have just fallen apart and that was the team where if you go to like the dead middle of the split they look like they were going to sort of be the cheeky like number four seed or something like you know like they're sort of like a dark horse they had a lot of cohesion early in the split even some of the players like unforgiven were performing probably above expectations what you'd think but i think unfortunately if you looked at that roster on paper before the season began it wasn't that great a roster it had some flaws in it i think by the end of the split it looks like to me they will be the team that just miss out by like one game or something which is a bit sad but then again maybe don't sell you two well i don't know about two best players but two of your biggest players if you want to be a good team still unfortunately
It would be a bit weird not seeing Mad Lions in the playoffs, oh, at least, sure. considering the success that they've had right uh, recently as well. Being with the first team... I even yeah. guess off the top of my head, that's probably the first time ever that the champion of LEC slash EULCS didn't make the playoffs next split. Gotta be. It might be. Uh, I don't I don't have that off the top of my head, but it's it's, it's very disappointing, at least, to be honest. Like, I'll yeah. go off the top of my head and say it's 100% certain, because let's face it, there's only four teams that have ever won LEC, right? There's Alliance, G2, Fnatic, yeah. and then I Mad think, Lions. So that yeah. if you can already take out... Uh, oh, no, actually, Alliance, I guess, technically failed at the next split when they're relevant. There you I, go. I think the closest... my own question, whatever. The closest... <laughs> the, yeah, I was going to say, the closest thing that comes to it is when... If you remember that season uh, when Forgiven was on SK, I think it was spring 2015, where they were just like miles ahead at the top. Oh, well, they got relegated. And, the and then they got relegated split, yeah. the next split. That was probably the yeah. most extreme. That's certainly fair. But uh, yeah, the, the only thing I would add with Mad, which I think is a bit interesting, I think it's going to be really interesting historically what uh, how this Mad team is judged and these players are judged because going into Worlds, um, most people had like Mad getting out of their group, even though they're in a like quick, pretty sure. competitive group. And, you know, i predicting that they could do something. Obviously, they got Dan one, which was tricky, of course. But that they, they were a team who could do things internationally, not necessarily just be, you know, decent uh, domestically. And what's now interesting is just how much of that seems to have literally been on Humanoid. Because when you take Humanoid out, it's not like Reek has been bad or something. And also, I'm going off a bit what El Yoyo said in his interview about um, how the shot calling was uh, distributed between him and Humanoid primarily. And now that Humanoid was gone, El Yoyo was having to do most of it himself. But how all these players that people said, like, are they actually just like silently pretty good or are they actually like filthy inters like Armut? You know, guys like this. How are they going to be looked at? if a mad do miss playoffs because and also as i said to what extent was humanoid carrying this team it seems like a ludicrous extent at this point again there is a caveat that mad were bad in both regular seasons last uh, last time around but you know obviously they did just enough to make playoffs now it kind of looked at the early part of the season as thorin said they were almost doing the same thing where it's like well they're not going to finish first but they're probably going to you know comfortably lock in a playoff spot but now they're scrapping to see if they can make it. So it's going to be really interesting to see if Mad do make playoffs or not. Because if they don't, as I said, I think you'll see the narrative of a lot of these players just completely rewritten. Kaiser, who's spoken about Kaiser this split as mm. being like God-tier support? Sure, he's fine. He's not not bad or whatever. But he hasn't had like a great uh, great season. Armu, as people said, but he's kind of Marmite. Some people actually think he silently does his job really well. Other people's like, no, this guy's just bad. Imagine if they had a good top. So And El Yoyo as well, to a certain extent. Like, how are we going to judge these players? in uh you know uh, down the line uh, i think that's really sweet the real problem and i've obviously followed esports a long time to make the statement the real problem is every team that wins championships everyone in the team gets overrated keyword everyone by the way yeah. as in think about even when like g2 was winning caps wasn't just like the best european player suddenly he was like dude people wanted him to be like this much below rookie like 0.1 percent you know like everyone gets it because the problem is a really good team you tend to function as a unit and it means that you cover each other's weaknesses so i've got two quick things to say then we can move on the topic one thing on the mad lions topic you're bringing up now is this is where we have got to stop this in in esports it is going to kill analysis of the game if people keep doing this analysis like this i took out humanoid and i put in rika so then the moron fan goes the reason you're not as good is because humanoid's better than rika and then you go no 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 but rika isn't the worst player that, that, that's that's not what I talk, that's not what anyone was saying. That by the way, the joke is the moron analysis is closer. Essentially, it, this is the bell curve meme. There's two ends. Moron goes, 
well, obviously, Mad's worse, Rika's not as good as Humanoid. Then, like, the enlightened thinker with the 140 IQ goes, well, yeah, you can't have a worse mid in LEC and be better. And then the midwit goes, yeah, but he's not the worst mid. And besides, he's been all right in a few games. And, you know, it's like, no, that really is the premise. The moron's got it nailed. Like, why would Mad Lions, if, if we all agree Humanoid was a potential MVP and maybe the best mid in the West, how can you replace him? Not even, by the way, with just another good mid, like with a nobody, a guy from the ERLs who wasn't even the most hyped ERLs. By the way, spoiler, if no one knows this, everyone who only watches LEC thinks sack and socks, right? Because you don't watch ERLs. He's better than fucking Rika and he still plays in the ERLs. He plays in the ERLs out of choice as far as I can tell. So to me, I think Mad Lions, the hubris of their coaching staff to think that you could replace Humanoid with just any mid and it should be fine. Like, like, just admit that you don't have the money for fuck's sake. It's time we just admit it. Because I'm sick of this angle. Because essentially, by the way, the approach when people take it of like, well, you can't kick that guy. Can't blame him because he's not the worst on the team. That's actually just making a team by committee. That's not actually analysis. Like, analysis is like, you get the best player for that spot that you can. You don't go, he's not the worst though, is he? If you do that, you'll just end up with a bunch of all right players. It won't be that good a team, you know. So the last thing I would say is this. The reason you'll notice, I, I, I just skipped quickly over Vitality, who, by the way, is in massive danger of not making the playoffs. Like. Look at their record. They still have big teams to play left because of all the games we've got left in that big super week. But here's the difference. I genuinely think, even though people will think this is copium, that if you look at the players that are in Vitality, that they are just phoning in the split. As in, I genuinely think they don't. Like the big names, Alfari, the fucking Perks, self they don't give a flying fuck. As long as they make the playoffs in even sixth place, I think they think they can still win it. So I think for them, it's just make the playoffs. So I think they will just get enough games to just sneak in. And then from then, they'll become dangerous, you know. I think they're sort of just fucking... They've got too many vets, mate. I think that some of them are just falling in the split. I mean, it's spring split as well, right? Stakes are much lower in spring. No no chance of... Well, I guess you get um you get championship points towards towards Worlds, right? Even in spring. But, um, yeah, like... The no, thing or whatever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that doesn't surprise me too much. Before we move on, real quick, I just, uh, I'm curious who you think will be number two at the end of the split because actually, wait, Rogue... you don't have championship points though because we don't have a gauntlet. How, what, what does, how does that even work no, anymore? So your your position in spring plus where you finish in, I think like summer winners of summer automatically qualify, and then. And then you start adding points based off spring plus summer. Like, right? That's true, is it? Isn't, 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 he using, like, isn't he doing the old method there? I thought in the, in the modern day, isn't no, the summer playoffs just the yeah, qualifier? Yeah, there's a there's a game in the summer playoffs where if you win that game, you are you go you're guaranteed to go through as a seed. You don't know which seed yet, but it's like there is a game for worlds essentially, as far as I know, in the summer playoff. I don't think you now have like but a seeding at worlds. Yeah, like, there, okay, there's I no there's no qualification based on points anymore. I don't think I don't think spring matters in that sense i actually think tech that's why if you remember in lcs they tried to make it that spring matters because it's just part of a giant sort of split that's yeah. all for so i don't know it's a bit scoffed mate don't worry right. about it yeah something like that either way but i want to know who your your number two team is then because rogue number one you kind of touched on it rich you think actually misfits are going to be the number two right yeah again i think um as thorin said about vitality even though i slightly disagree with um the the conclusion he came to i think this it's kind of somewhat true for Fnatic and Vitality where they're not going to be like and G2 as well by the way but they're not going to be like super concerned about seeding where they are they just feel like if they're in the ballot then they have a decent chance of winning mm -hmm. I think that's one of the reasons why Misfits will come second because I don't think they have that same mental approach um so yeah I do and as I said because of recency as well I feel like 
Misfits have a bit more momentum behind them, and both G2 and Fnatic had horror show games uh, last week before they played each other. Um, I guess you could say G2 had two horror show games. So yeah, I I think I think it will be Misfits. And just to uh, touch on what um, Thorin said about Vi Vitality and uh, that he thinks you know they're kind of phoning it in as long as they get in, then then it's fine in their book. Uh, I think there's an element of that, but I also don't I don't fully buy into it just because it's such an eclectic bunch of pieces that have been assembled and it's their first split together and there's not really any overlap between any of these players that so i think that would be kind of a weird mindset to have like i don't think they should i don't mean it by the way i don't mean like collectively as a group they've sat around and they've gone these wins don't and losses don't matter because we're going to be i mean just like i think those players I, like pretty essentially the way i would rephrase it is this i don't think they actually if they came sixth in the playoffs as in the seeding will think that well we can't win with the worst team like oh I sure, think for them, yeah, they, sure. Think, they think the split just begins once you get to the playoffs. sure sure oh, yeah, yeah i, I, I I, agree I think they just assume they're going to get to the playoffs. I agree with that. I, yeah, I, the only thing I was going to say is I don't think they're like uh, consciously uh, in two, uh, gear two because they're just no, going to no, sneak no, I also think the problems they have in the team are real. Yeah. It's just I think they don't think it's panic station, you know. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I feel a bit, I'd feel more confident about Vitality doing like a crazy U-turn. Like now suddenly we're arguably the most dangerous team in playoffs if Selfmade wasn't the jungler. Selfmade, like even before the season started, always gave me that kind of like flippy feeling where I wasn't really sure what effect he was going to have on the team. And I think I actually said that I, I was concerned that at some point this team would blow up. I actually still believe that and that he will probably be the reason for that. If they just had almost anyone else in the jungle who was like semi-decent level, I don't think that would happen of Alfari. I don't think that would happen of Perks. I don't think that that would happen of, of the bot lane either. Um, Kazi might not be the best AD carry in the region, but he's certainly a seasoned pro now. He's played in a lot of big best of series. So... I am concerned about jungle from that perspective. Um, and yeah, uh, me personally, I, I actually don't... I, they're definitely dangerous, but dangerous is an interesting word because I see them as dangerous so far as they have so many uh, experienced high-level pieces that they are just dangerous in any given series, but I don't have any confidence that they're actually going to make the final dangerous to themselves, though, Rich. That's yeah, the problem. Exactly. <laughs> That's half their issue, right? Yeah. Who do you think is going to make uh, second place then, then Thorin? Right, the tough part here is obviously I have to go largely based on the placing. Like, realistically, it's going to be one out for like Misfits and G2. Like, XL, I'd have to have some yep. insane week while everyone else loses. So, of those three, I'd have to say, even though it's, it might sound boring, I'll probably just say I'll take Fnatic still. Like, here's the difference. For Fnatic and Vitality, it sounds like the same scenario because it sounds like I'm just saying the roster's just too insane. They've got to win enough games, right? But actually, the difference is the, the reason Vitality isn't as good is what Rich touched on. It's like a brand new squad, basically. The difference mm. is, no matter what goes wrong in Fnatic, they still have that bot lane who has played all this time together and is just money. So as a result, in my opinion, like, I don't know how bad Fnatic could really get. I know technically right now they could have lost like two or three extra games and they could essentially be barely in the playoffs, but they didn't. They, that, if anything, by the way, I would actually spin that the other way and say that's a positive. That even when they've looked so like scattered throughout the split, they've rarely ever had all the players come together and play well, even in wins. If The fact that they're still second in the league, mate, like, that just shows like the, the flaw for this team is crazy in my opinion so i think they'll still just scratch through enough games win three or four more and just be in the playoffs in second seed who knows what will happen in the playoffs so obviously that's the a totally different story for another day yeah and uh, for me when the playoffs come around i want to see i want to see rogue <laughs> this actually got... will unironically by the way be one of the best playoffs ever i think in in lec history 
You mean like skill, like skill discrepancy the wise? The quality or... between one and six yeah. is amazing. I think I don't think I've ever seen a playoffs like this before. Like to me, LEC especially was really classically stratified, where it was like top two, three and four, five and six. It was always like that. There was never a time like this where, like I say, like dude, there's a world where Vitality might come in as the, like the sixth seed and then might play like Fnatic in the final or something. Like that's real. That could happen. I could see that as well. Yeah, yeah. I guess sure. that has happened before, kind of, but we didn't we didn't expect it beforehand. So it's like a hindsight thing. Like Fnatic have done it a couple of times where they've snuck into playoffs where they've had final days where they have to win or whatever, and then they've yeah, made runs. Sure. But we didn't we weren't sat there beforehand saying this is really stacked. It's because there's no dominant this is the joke. Because Rogue I mean even Rogue made play changes. There's just no real true dominant team in the old sense. Because really what you mean in the sense of Fnatic and G two is you knew that that core would play well in the playoffs. You already knew even if they're like sixth ah they'll be good in the play the difference is this is the one split ever i've seen where like the joke is if rogan misfits end up one and two seed they might be the weakest one and two seed in the playoffs ever like no one's gonna bet on them to be in the final against each other probably yeah all right let's move on to our next topic here because this is the one i'm excited to talk about ls versus cloud nine before their game on the lcs this past weekend like two minutes before the game legit Cloud9 put out a tweet saying that they parted ways with their head coach, LS, uh, out of the blue, seemingly. And my goodness, has it been uh, the topic of, of social media since then? People trying to figure out what the hell is going on, why the hell it's going on as well. Uh, recently, uh, Cloud9 released their little explanation video, coaching update video, um, which is three minutes long. And uh, I'll summarize it by saying there were... There was a clash in style between how Cloud9 wanted to do their coaching and how LS wanted to be a coach. Um, they could have saved us three minutes if they just said that. That's basically yeah. all the video says. Exactly. Oh, it does also feature, to be up. fair, it does also feature people who clearly have personal relationships with LS looking like off camera someone has an AK 47 is going to kill them if they say the wrong thing. Like, <laughs> Mac, go watch Max Waldo's face in this fucking video. It's like he's trying to do his impression of LS when he did that apology speech for T1, where he just looks like he's like one second from emotionally breaking down under like fucking Chinese water torture or something. Like, fucking hell, mate. It's outrageous. It's not it a good look for that way. No, it didn't. It didn't really give too much explanation. My personal opinion is, I wasn't expecting nothing going into that. Like, then what are they going to say? I wasn't yeah. expecting anything else than what we got. But still, um, it's a it's a big deal right now, especially with just you know LS LS coming in as a huge personality and, and just the talks of how that would fit with Cloud Nine. Obviously, LS has got a very unique way of viewing the game. How that would finally uh, show up on the on the professional scene, since he's always extremely uh, critical of the professional scene, especially in NA. Uh, he was the savior of NALCS, and now he's gone. So, yeah, a big change right there, and uh, a bit surprising. Thorin, I'm just going to come to you straight away. I'm not going to ask you any specific question about this, but just just offload here. What are your thoughts on the whole topic? This is obviously a really tricky topic because on the one hand, one, I actually know LS personally even beyond esports stuff and for many years I used to live in Korea back when he was obviously there. And then also, I even though I know him, I intentionally have not. It's actually something that people would not know about me. I'm not a kind of person who likes to intrude in other people's lives, including my friends. Like, to my logic goes, if my friends have something they either need to not talk to me about or want to, they will come to me or it will come up in conversation. So all I will say is this. This might sound as a weird, like, why are you saying all this at the beginning? I'm saying that for one very weird angle which goes like this 
as mad as it sounds, my base premise on the LS Cloud9 scenario goes like this. I assume, even before I heard any info, both sides were slightly in the wrong, and this probably is an impasse where they cannot continue. I actually think, knowing what I know about both entities, I've worked with both, I've known some of the head people at both for many, many years, I actually think that makes perfect sense. Like, I actually never really thought the, the marriage made that much sense in the first place in light of how Cloud9 likes to operate. Like, if you notice, Cloud9 have never embraced being villains in any context. They always want to be the nice guys and be the most popular team. It's a, so unfortunately, and I've seen this myself, people might notice that Summoning Insight isn't on the Cloud9 channel anymore. All I'll say is, like, I don't think they want too much, like, drama. And they do. They certainly want a certain kind of, like, good vibe within their team. So already, I, I remember thinking when I heard LS was going there, like... Look, he is a guy that drama has followed his entire life. It's just it's just a, a, a byproduct of who he is as a person, how he communicates, and the sort of social scenarios he tends to get himself involved in. So unfortunately, uh, kind of like what Richard said, I noticed he tweeted that clip from our Big Brains podcast. The joke was, when LS joined Cloud9, it was like, when is this going to go wrong? Not if. Like It just felt like it was inevitable. So what I'm going to say is this. This might sound like a weird filter to apply, but... In history, whenever this type of thing has happened with LS and it was something really fucked up against him, classic examples, everyone brings up that Ocelot thing where he did some work with Gamers 2 once and they didn't get paid. By the way, spoiler, I even did the interview with Ocelot that cleared all up. You morons don't know because you keep repeating the first info, but it was actually a, just a misunderstanding. But in that scenario where he thought he wasn't being paid and they were going to fuck him over with T1, where it was implied just even his sexuality might be part of the reason why he wasn't being hired, blah, blah. The problem is this, right? In those circumstances... LS will come to me and tell me this is what's going on because he knows I'm someone who'll actually fight in his corner and I, I hate fucked up unfair stuff and I'll always say something. Like so unfortunately, here's the problem, fans. The fact he hasn't said that does imply to me he himself is in some sense culpable in this scenario. I would imagine he just probably couldn't handle the environment of being in Cloud9. But quite frankly, I don't think he's suited to be a head coach. I've always said it. I don't even know whether if strategic coach the right gigs. I think he'd be brilliant at the actual coaching part of it. But in terms of like being in a team organization, being part of a structure, remember Cloud9 are the one of those orgs where it's always like we're a family, not a company. Like that, that ain't the right vibe whatsoever for LS. LS's vibe would be it's like we're bringing this guy in just because he's a genius at the game. Him. We're going to put up with all his eccentricities and we're going to even have to do things a totally different way in our company. And we're essentially going to have to accommodate him in every sense. Whereas I got the vibe instead. They just thought they could sort of meet him halfway. He didn't, he'd become like half a company man. And then they'd get like, I don't think that works that way when you're working with such extreme personalities. So for me, I thought this was always inevitable. It's sad either way because it ended so soon. We only got bloody like two or three weeks or something. So that's probably the wackest part. At least like to have seen a split, you know, like see the playoffs, see MSI or something. So it, listen, it sucks. But I also think based on the, the little I've heard and what I can sort of guess, I actually think it probably does make sense for both groups. I don't think it was the right environment. Even though we all want it to be like the, the fucking, the reality show version of it that we're all fucking addicted to did sound mega. But like, I can't just put that above my own concerns of like, what does Cloud9 want from a coach? What does LS want from an org? Like, I don't, I, to me, I know this isn't satisfying because people want to be a bad guy, but I actually think this is a rare case where I don't really think there is a villain. I think probably both parties correctly have identified they cannot work together anymore. What about you, Rich? What are your thoughts on the topic? Uh, well, firstly, called it. Uh, though, to be <laughs> fair, on my over-under, I think I had him lasting four weeks. So I guess that was a bit optimistic, really, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, now, of course, despite that stellar C9 couching cast audition video that they put out, um, we still don't know the specifics of why he was booted. Well, I should say at least the reasons they are, you know, not yet public. 
obviously we know, or at least have some kind of idea, being the omnipresent, omnipotent overlords of esports that we are. Um, but it's not our job to leak those specifics because, you know, we wouldn't want to uh, take jobs away from hardworking professional leakers now, would we? Um, but yeah, well, leakers don't have absolutely anything on this, though, Rich, isn't it? It's weird because <laughs> I thought they were all super connected. Oh, what's that? You're just a random Belgian guy who just had four friends in the industry. Mm, well, can't imagine why you don't have the info. It's, uh, it's Spoiler, a... by the way, 99% of those leaker guys get the info directly from another team manager that just leaks the info to fuck with them, to get the info. They, 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 they're not doing any work, by the way. They don't even know what they're talking about. It's a bigger mystery as the LS mystery itself, isn't it, really? Yes, exactly. But, uh, yeah, I mean, one, yeah, one thing I would also just start with, by the way, to kind of, like, lay the groundwork on this is... When people come out and say things like, oh, we shouldn't speculate about what happened to LS or similar uh, similar situations. Like, this is complete bullshit, in my opinion. Like, what do they actually mean? Or at least what they should mean is that we shouldn't fuel rumours and represent them like they're accurate or probable without knowing if that's the case or not, right? But, like, in terms of, like, generally speculating, of course we're going to generally... Everyone's going to speculate. That's, a, that's, a fun, that's half the fun of it. It's, it's like about something... 90% of esports is just the talking outside of the matches, isn't it? It's what we're doing right yeah, now. For exactly. Sake, like, as, long as, as long as you're not being irresponsible, like, especially if you have a platform, as long as you're not saying stuff like, I heard it was this, and you don't actually know if it, that was the case yes. or not. And even if you do, there's, you know, then a sort of ethical struggle as to whether you should actually discuss close that or not that's you know sure we can all agree that that's wrong but this uh, this this blanket statements of like we shouldn't speculate about anything until we know how boring is your life by the way like any time russia's invading the fucking ukraine uh, i'm gonna wait until they reach kiev and then maybe like what are we talking about like of course i'm gonna speculate so yeah i think that's complete nonsense as for the video itself um explaining you know why he's removed obviously this was beyond embarrassing i have a big issue with uh orgs doing this kind of thing and going like full pr when stuff like this happens in general i don't think you even need to like you're not even necessarily making a choice about do we go down this path and be like super meme and like appealing to gamers and actually give them a little bit of information or do we have to be super safe and be you don't even have to make this decision if you believe it's so sensitive and maybe there's contract uh you know, issues which are attached to this, NDAs, whatever. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to bow down to the baying public and deliver something like this. You could also just put in a statement, by the way, and word this PR if you want, don't expect to hear any more details on this because obviously it's a sensitive situation with a former employee. Like, you can just say that. But you get on everyone's bad side when you put out something like this. And I actually think this is an area where Jack is super out of touch because he's been playing this PR with squeaky clean Cloud9 card forever and at the start it worked and the reason why it worked is because people were so enamored by oh my god professionalism in something called gaming that's crazy and this is why you know along similar lines why things like tsm legends and early documentaries were super popular is because people couldn't believe that these kinds of standards were being applied to esports the thing that they love the thing that's meant to be niche and no one cares about or take seriously so at the start playing that sort of card and branding worked really well because it's like it, corporate the corporate nature of it was almost uh lauded in that sense but now we've reached it's a level cult thinking wasn't it it's like if it's like what it should be like with the nfl or whatever it's real sports finally because if you yeah. remember it was your winston who started all that shit do you yeah remember? He, he used to do videos like this but just him it was even worse yeah. it was just him giving some bullshit pr version and people were just like i don't know what you mean mate they were almost like falling in the aisles fucking applauding him as though he was like a revolutionary or something wasn't he 
Yeah, and try and make these sort of reaching things about his character based on the yeah, same exactly. Like, Noah yes. Winston seems like such a nice guy. He says that yes. mortals are about these values. It's like, wow, must be true. But yeah, it's 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 uh, the video was obviously a joke. But you know, as I sort of uh, leaked, I guess you know my take on when I found out this thing was coming out. Like they were never going to do anything other than what they did. So yeah. And by the way, as for those who are saying, you know, when it comes to the actual LS situation itself and um you know obviously it's sad that it didn't work out because let's be fucking real it was by far the most interesting thing about lcs this year was how can this guy potentially bring his unique ideas and approach to uh an actual head coaching role and can he revolutionize coaching in some way or another that was the main storyline in lcs and it's really sad that that experiment has lasted such a short period of time um but for those who are sort of defending cloud nine on this and saying well you know they tried it and they didn't work so that's as good a reason as any for firing him like th that's like saying that the risk is justified you know when you add mustard as well as ketchup to your hot dog for the first time or something like no th this was a project they put like millions of dollars into presumably built the entire team around this singular person, those two risks are not the same. It's not just like, ah, fuck it, let's try this and see if it works out. You literally had your entire off-season plan was around this one human being, LS. We're going to bring this revolutionary approach to coaching. We want him to bring in all his people. We want him to surround himself by people he's comfortable with. We even reached out to fucking Nemesis as well as Malice and the other people who are already there. Fudge, obviously, is someone he has a relationship with. Max Wall another guy like this was the uh, ls igloo at cloud nine and everything was built around this one starting piece i guarantee you if ls is not at the epicenter of that then you don't have all these other pieces coming in you don't have the two korean players or at least not those two specific players most likely you don't have malice coming in that's for fucking sure right like this whole thing was built around ls so it's not a case of ah well we tried it and it didn't work we'll know for next time we'll order the meatball sub instead like no like you put everything into this like it's inexcusable so the fact that they, they're now saying, well, you know, we tried it and we really wanted it to work and it didn't work. That's on you. That's on you completely. Like, you should have done your research. when you oh, just The made... scouting was terrible, wasn't it? Yeah, when like, you this made really it... Is. This is like if you signed Forgiven today and then you were like, you won't believe it, but he was causing all problems <laughs> with like, the team. That's it's like, what do you expect? Dude, yeah. you, don't you know the man you re recruited? But it's also just so... Like, it's, it's way worse than that, though, right? Because at least he is just one player who doesn't have any intrinsic connection to any of the other pieces around him, necessarily. With LS, it was the complete opposite. You went out of your way to make sure all of the pieces were completely interconnected. So when his domino falls, the rest of the fucking dominoes are likely to fall or very probably will fall to a certain extent i'm not going to say the team will totally crash and burn but it certainly could do as a result of that so the fact that you went out there because obviously you know when this news was first announced that that he was signing for cloud nine we were all firstly very surprised like oh my god it's finally happening we're finally going to get to see this but also all thinking and most of us were predicting over-unders on how long he would last some obviously more positive than negative I genuinely but... i'm not trolling thought it was a meme when they first said yeah. it. i thought the whole premise was because they recruited players that look like an ls team like summit's just playing now and bloody fudge's roles so i thought the i thought they were memeing that like and of course ls is the coach is like yeah of course it's hilarious like who's the real like that's why i couldn't even believe it was real dude yeah it's like what but yeah, it's it like I also do think, by the way, there's if there's one thing I can say is a negative for Cloud Nine though, because again, we are speculating as to reasons why. For all we know, maybe some fucked up scenario happened where he had to be removed. But the one thing I'll say is this: as much as I can give leeway to a lot of the stuff that might be why Cloud Nine removed him, the one part I can't is 
that you could actually, if you wanted to be very cynical, like Prince if this was an org I despise that done tons of unethical things, like a TSM, I would do this angle though, Rich, which is a little bit dodgy, which is, as you said, it's not even just that they got those players for LS. I think they only got some of those players because of LS. Like, maybe there's a world you can sign like Summit. Maybe he just wants to go to America, you pay him enough money. But do you really get players who are like secret T1 subs to come to your team if you don't hire the guy who just worked with T T1, etc. Like, you could even argue they actually got, like, a lot of benefits out of this. That's given them now potentially a really good team that they're now essentially just going to jettison LLS and go, thanks for nothing, bitch! And then he's just off out of an airlock. Like, that's the only part I find a bit dodgy. Because at the end of the day, they could still turn this around and be really good and then they'll try and claim, like, it just didn't work out with LLS. It's like, you wouldn't have this team without LLS, though. So I, I find the whole thing so dodgy, mate. Because that's the thing. If, like you're saying, if you'd just been brought on as a coach and it didn't work and you'd fire him, that's fine. But they essentially, like, commit... This is like getting married to someone who's leaving after a week. Like, you didn't... You committed really heavily to this premise and just bailed immediately. So, like, no matter what, like, Cloud9 at a minimum have to take a pretty heavy roasting just for bad scouting and being very naive about what the project was going to be. I mean, in my opinion, this had to work. Like, when you when you attach, as I said, every piece to each other, and this guy's coming because of him, he's already there and he's staying because LS is coming in, like, and all of these pieces are assembled around him, you have to be really fucking sure. And you can get away with it if the uh, if all sort of outfacing information and uh, historical precedence is pointed to this person being a super reliable, solid person in the aspects that you need to be solid. And then it so happens that the coin lands on, uh, you know, the misshapen coin lands on 5% uh, unlucky on tails and, and you get screwed over. Okay, that's a much more forgivable situation. But when it's LS and it's so much the opposite and it's everyone is in shock that he's your head coach because they believe that this is not the case and that it's highly likely to fail, you better fucking know something we don't know. You better know something we don't know because everyone and their granddad predicted that this was going to happen. So that is on you. By the way, you know, the one thing they did essentially try to say when I was joking, aside from the one thing that Fox drops said, which was the real gist of that video, the other thing they tried to message was this idea that he was brought in to like help like redesign this coaching system and the structure and that. Like, cut that line immediately because that ain't working on me. Like, the idea that like LS came in and he had like the secret LS system, which apparently was just like by Leandri's, by in your fucked up world. And that now, now that you know that secret, you don't need LS. Like, by the way, that's probably the stupidest hubris of all, implying that you can sort of like run this ls project without ls like child please the one part you can't is you, there's only one ls you morons the whole premise was he was going to generate new meta stuff throughout the years and come up with all these different adaptations based on the korean scene so that's the one angle i did think was disingenuous that they sort of tried to because essentially the problem is this the real person that video was for they don't exist by the way is a cloud nine fan who isn't that bothered that ls isn't the coach anymore and just needs to be persuaded that like don't worry like this is the right move and we sort of have kept like you know whatever he brought to the team which is like that's just such a whack bill of goods there's no way that's true yeah the, by the way one other thing i would add and obviously this is like uh, based off of what people are saying who have dissected like the interview that travis did with fudge and all, all of this kind of stuff is that oh well maybe the play it really sounds like it wasn't working on like a player coach level either like that the players just went vibing like maybe this the wacky drafts actually they just wanted to play more conventional blah 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 like if that's true first of all then a little bit of that's on the players because you know if you're fudge or whoever and you're vouching for this guy to come in then you know again you know exactly what this guy brings you know exactly that it's going to be a case of, of of you know maybe wacky drafts or unconventional things that's the whole reason that you bring him in but secondly and more importantly 
is that um uh sorry i just lost my train of thought there after the nice big build up happens <laughs> uh, uh you were saying how uh, it's on the players if they didn't want to play towards their lessons. Oh yeah, no, sorry. But the second, the second thing is also the, the the dynamic between coach and player, which has historically been a problem with uh, coaches, you know, all throughout League of Legends anyway. In terms of the the level of authority and the idea that players ultimately should get in line when it comes to things like draft. Like if LS is coming in and he's telling you like, I know you don't like this or you, this wouldn't be conventional wisdom, but trust me, we're doing these picks or these picks or whatever. The players should be buying in. Like there's, there has to be a, a problem of dynamics if, if the players aren't buying in, especially if you're winning games, by the way. If he was, he didn't save his funky picks until halfway through the season. He was pulling out random shit immediately and it was getting results. Obviously results-based analysis isn't everything, but if he sat there saying, trust me guys, we're gonna do it my way. And if something goes wrong, I'll put my hands up and say, you know what, this was dumb or whatever. Why aren't they all inning with him? Like I find it really whack that Fudge is sat there as obviously one of LS's biggest defenders of all time which is completely fine but basically implying if we are to read into it as much as redditors which i don't necessarily so i'll caveat that but he's basically implying that all of uh, ls's oddities when it came to coaching maybe weren't a good fit for the team i think that's so weird when you have this scenario where they were actually winning games and you knew this is exactly what you were going to get on that side anyway again he could be alluding to other things in terms of maybe ls's personal approach who knows but um, yeah, just addressing that, because obviously that was a super uh, reiterated thing that came up on, on the Reddit sphere and so on is, you know, it seems like the players weren't vibing with it. Well, if that is the case, then they're just as stupid as Jack, aren't they? To chime in with a different perspective here as well, Monte Cristo responded to the video and uh, I'm just going to quickly read out his chain of tweets and you guys can react to that before we move on. Uh, he says, to provide some insight on this, this is about the, the video that says nothing but i think it's all about the whole ls situation in general cloud nine has, spent... has collections in cloud nine people yeah. don't know i don't, okay. I don't think he does yeah. anymore but the last few years he worked with cloud nine like part of the company so i assume he has like the direct line the jackets era cloud nine has spent years creating player development and coaching systems that they've tried to implement across all teams the league of legends roster has been the first to implement these structures and they've been successful Changing these systems would have a ripple effect on the organization and teams in other games. It would mean that Cloud9 would have to be all in on LS in every game. Clearly, this was an impossible situation unless Cloud9 wanted to shift their entire org culture or LS wanted to do it the Cloud9 way. You can argue about which system would be better, but what matters is that Cloud9 likes the Cloud9 system and that is that. Guys, quick reactions to that. Want something interesting? I, I actually think a specialty of mine in esports, just because I'm knowing the literal people who write these things and what they will say publicly and privately, is reading between the lines. Here's what I actually think is an angle that people won't be able to figure out, but that that sounds like it's phrased very particularly from Monty. That to me implies, by the way, because remember he's saying there about how they've got this whole structure that's like essentially iterated throughout the company in different esports games, but that if somehow, because this is the part that will get lost on people, is the part about how it will rely on ls in every game because they'll think like but what would it why would it matter if in league of legends you let him do his thing and then they'll swear i think what monty's are, are, are applying there by the way is the concept of infrastructure things like maybe a sports psychologist or maybe you have some sort of system maybe everyone has to go and work out at the gym every 9am every morning you know things that essentially you could apply to every esports team and the premise is ls in this hypothetical scenario is the guy going look i don't buy it. like maybe like this is a purely hypothetical example maybe he doesn't buy the idea you have to be physically fit for example maybe 
mate, so he goes, why are we wasting our time going to the gym? Like, we're just going to, look, I'm going to let my players sleep in. We're just going to do an extra hour of solo queue. Like, essentially, that's, I think, what it sounds to me. That's what Monty's sort of implying. So, essentially, what he's saying is, like, it's, it's Ellis's ego. It had to be Ellis's way on the highway, it sounds like. So, yeah, I, yeah I'd take the other side of that, which is I, I, I agree with uh, your take on that. But what I would say is this makes it even worse on Cloud9. Like, I, to me, this is like a more, more of a negative look for Cloud9 than for LS. You have this entire new structure that every team must adhere to. And if one, you know, domino falls again, the rest will fall. And you're putting LS in the epicenter of that. Are you stupid? Are you actually brain dead? Like, that is actually rich. Like, hiring, like saying as a company, we're going to have a uniform, no-tolerance social media policy on saying anything edgy and then going, and welcome our new social media influencer, Thorin. He's going to be joining the team. Like, what do you expect? What do you expect? You have to draw a line. I have to be able to fit inside the box, for fuck's sake. The, the box can't be here and I'm over there. Like, come on. Because I agree, of all the people ever, you pick it, you've set up this perfect, like, I can't remember the name of the thing. What's the name of that? You might know, Rich. What's the name of that type of a machine where, like, one thing knocks on the other? Like, out of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang at the beginning. You know, there's a famous name for that type of machine where, you know, you put a bunch of dominoes and they knock each other over and then a ball runs down a line into a oh, train yeah. that goes in with, you know, you know what yeah, I'm Yeah, I know what you mean. Thing, I don't know right? what it's called. There was a famous game called Incredible Machines, if people know what I'm talking about. They're making it sound like their whole system's like that. And then they're like, and then the one last piece to just pop into this, LS. It's like, mate, that LS may as well be an A-bomb going into your city. What are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, come on. Because the joke is, that you're sort of alluding to it, Rich, but the joke is, if there's anyone that you hire explicitly to flout and come and like ignore the conventions, it's LS, surely. Yeah. You're not hiring them to the ultimate company, man. Are you? Come on. But the the idea right. that they're like two, they're like two days <laughs> in, know. and then they're looking around and they're like, yeah. "Fuck it, you know, I'm gonna have to go and talk to Rainbow Six and tell them uh, how they need to behave." Like what? Yeah. Um, if anything, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm just gonna parrot what you guys are saying. It just seemed like a bit of lack of preparation. Like they 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 put all their eggs in the LS basket, but they don't like the way LS tastes. It doesn't. It doesn't add up. It doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. But um, at the same time, at the at the end of the day, I do think, um, from what it sounds like, maybe there isn't too much of like a like a like a villain here. Maybe just a bit of incompetence more more so than anything else. Um, real quick before we move on here, uh, you've expressed some opinions about whether or not you think LS works as a coach and should be a coach but do you any of you two think he will be a coach again will he find another head coach job or maybe even like an analyst or something like that do you think orgs are gonna i don't want to say like take the bait again because i'm not sure if that's particularly fair on ls but do you know what i mean like do you do you think he's still gonna find a spot necessarily as a coach has that door been fully closed or is it still open thing is obviously i knew know him as a person when he was going to join team one and he was going to be the strategic coach etc and as far as i knew the only reason he was willing to do that specific job as in quit being a millionaire streamer super fit blah 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 all that shit with content and go and be a coach was because it was team one and it was faker it was like the chance essentially to go to the top of the field and see if he could win worlds so it was implied to me back then it was only like the best offer ever would make him so as far as I know, like the thing I even, by the way, myself found confusing about the Cloud9 offer, 
I didn't get it until I heard that apparently they would be helping him with this like really expensive like Korean residency thing you had to have through that like, company. When I heard that, now I end up, now it made sense immediately as to why I took the gig. It was a way to advance other life goals he had, like living in Korea for the rest of his life. So my problem is this. I don't think any other gig, it doesn't matter what it is, even if it was like G2, what it would be the quote summer. I don't think any other gig can be as attractive enough. Like you saw the package Jack had to put together. Jack essentially was like, I'll fix your life in Korea, bring you to America. You can you can even bring the dickhead who literally called my most famous influencer, a pedo. Yeah, he can even join the Academy crew. Everyone, <laughs> fuck, fuck it. Yeah, that, that's what that malice guy that did, by the way. He, he openly on Twitter just implied that Dominic was a pedophile. So we're leaving like, dickheads like that in the team. Essentially, that sounds to me that like you're just like, look, I'll give you anything. Yeah. So the problem I have is I don't think there's any other team orgs doing that. And then simultaneous to that, unfortunately, even if they did from the LS side, I don't think there's a world where he wants to gig at that point. Like, I think these two, he almost like, begrudgingly picked because he almost, it's like he almost had to take these offers. They were too crazy. So I personally, I don't think he's. I think he just becomes a content creator again, and we move back to that phase. What about you, Rich? So yeah, I think I don't expect to see him coach again. Uh, at least no time soon. I actually think it'll be a couple of years if he if he were to to try it again. But also, I'm gonna I'm gonna approach this from a different angle, right? I'm gonna go from the angle of if I could see him coach on any team, what would I like to see? And you ready for this one? I'd like to see him coach Astralis. Astralis. Astralis, come on. No, no, Astralis, I'll tell you why, right? Because I I want to go full test tube mode on this and see what LS's true added value can be. Obviously, I don't want to see him build build up the org and bring in fucking caps and yank or something. Like, I want to see the exact same thing. They're not going to give him the money to buy those players. Well, don't yeah. worry about that, man. <laughs> <laughs> you well, to play a nightmare mode, basically, as a coach. Exactly, right? exactly. I, yes, exactly that. I want to see him with the exact yes. same players, and I want to see how much added value he can give to a team like that. Okay, uh, I see I want, the angle. I want to see, like, the edges of, like, creative, like a creative coach yeah. can give a team in an otherwise limited uh, yes. bunch of players, right? And plus... Who doesn't want to see content where Casper tries to explain to LS the values of Hamble? For example. By the way, even though, as I alluded to with my explanation, there's no way LS would ever accept a gig on a team like that, obviously. The joke is, that's actually the only types of teams, in my opinion, should have considered LS as a coach. You have to be a team where, you know it's a gamble, but if you're a team like an SK or something, it's worth the gamble if you can afford it financially, obviously. Like, the point there is, you're, you were never going to win LEC anyway, so why not gamble with this, like, genius visionary that's going to try all these things? Like, the, the thing I found bizarre was, like, Cloud9, you were... Even if it worked, were you going to be that much better? You weren't really going to win Worlds. You were just going to be like really good LCS team, right? Like, I, I actually thought the gamble made less sense for the top orgs. Yeah. All right, we'll I'm see how that one uh, We might have some more information come out because it's still pretty... It'll come out soon, I've no doubt. It'll bleed out over the next few days, I think. That's also, by the way, a spoiler as to why I think there's no drama come out at all. Right, first of all, this is the first time I've ever seen LS not spill the drama. Like, I know he didn't do it for the Korean thing, because essentially on that one, by the way, he's worried he might literally not live in fucking the country anymore. So on that one, he couldn't say anything. Every other one, he's always been super forthcoming with drama. Obviously, he's got a streamer. That's basically like part of the fucking nature of being a streamer. You've got to exploit it when it comes your way and you can get your hits off it, you know? So all I would say is the fact that both parties seem so cagey and a lot let any info out, I think what you will find is in the next week, it'll just come through people like these shows. More and more little details and gems will drip through. And eventually we'll have like a rough idea who it is, whether, whether they officially will say, or not like i imagine it looks to me like they're both sort of agreeing like let's just both do it like the classy way or whatever the fuck that means <laughs> but it also, it also seems kind of like i don't know almost like spooky or ethereal the way he's approaching it. it's almost like 
Ah, uh, c'est la vie. As he like waltzes off mm. into like a, a fog cloud and disappears, you know. Like, it's really weird how serene he seems about the whole thing. Like very, as you say, like out Fair, of character. Rich, when you've literally on camera apologised to people who hate you because of fundamentally who you are as a human, at that point in time, you're probably taking enough knocks. You can probably just take anything <laughs> at that point in time, can't you? You're just going to go, oh, well... Guess I just bumped into the door handle again. Silly me, <laughs> off to bed I go with no dinner. <laughs> Another day in paradise for LS. Fucking hell, give me a break. Okay, let's move on from that one then. Uh, let's move on to some CSGO now after Smuya has been released from Fnatic. Bit of a disappointing LAN event. Uh, wasn't there for too long, just for four months with Fnatic. And uh, he's been cut. He's been done. And not a bit, a bit surprising by, by community's uh, reaction. And as I said, not being there too long. I just want to get your guys' opinion on, uh, on that move. Do you think it was the right decision to drop Smuya so early? Uh, Rich, I'll come to you first. Yeah, so I mean, what you added on the end, I guess, is the key element, right? Like, so early, like, I do think it was a bit early for sure. Like, I don't think this was the most egregious decision. Um, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw that story of the the 100 Thieves guys who got flown over to America. One of them was British and he got flown over to America for a Valorant event. They played oh, yes. two games and then they were immediately cut just like the next day. Um, so, yeah, we're not at that kind of level. Um, but I do actually think that Smooya's talent at least kind of deserved more time to sort of see where it goes. I mean, such a small sample size of elite competition. Uh, so, yeah, I, I do think that he deserved more time. I think... The other issue here is obviously, you know, it's it's a problem without a solution so far as I can see. Like, who are they actually going to replace them with? It's, it's all well and good saying, okay, Smuya, you know, it's not working, buddy, you're out. But, I mean, what are they going to go for? Like, I mean, they can get they can get lucky now, right? I guess that, but that's kind of like a complete side grade. And I mean, they're basically parallels at this point, aren't they? Like, not been on the teams for very long, get cut arguably too early. Both showed some promise, but haven't really cut it in big moments. Like... So yeah, oh, actually, I forgot about this one. You know uh, who else could uh, could go on that roster, Thorin? Your boy. Nice. No, you know who's just just come back to um, Counter Strike? Your boy Cooster. Oh, it's true. He did actually. Yeah, yeah, your boy Cooster, another sort of failed prodigy who's come crawling back from Valorant. Um, but yeah, so I mean, obviously he's technically on a team, but it's that Orglis team, isn't it? So I'm pretty sure anyone can leave to, to take a decent offer off that team whenever they want. But yeah, so that's oh, like Orglis just means it's a mixed team, basically. Yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, uh, so I I think it was probably a bit too early. Um, but if they've had something, I mean, I'm sorry, if they had a device or they if they had someone actual, you know, really top tier lined up, of course you do the you make the move when you make the move. It's kind of like a, what a lot of people would say, even though I wasn't actually on this side of the aisle with this one. But what a lot of people said about like the Mickey X thing, right? It's like. Abian is a good support player, but if Mickey X is there to take him, a lot of people would have would have taken him. But that didn't exist here. So overall, I'm kind of negative on the move. But at the same time, I'm also not going to fully judge the situation until I do see who they're replacing with. But if they just go back to this system of like playing with stand-ins for fucking ages or whatever, then that that's not going to cut it for me. I, I, at that point, it seems ridiculous that you didn't just stick it out with Smuya and see what happens. Because I actually think Smuya is a player who does have a decently high ceiling or at least could have a decently high ceiling. Maybe there are mental aspects or other gatekeeping things about him as a person which stop him from actually having a high ceiling. But so far as we know as outsiders, I think this guy has a decently high ceiling. So if you're going to play of stand-ins or side grade to, you know, someone like a Lucky or whatever, I, I'm not impressed with that. So overall, I'm, I don't think it was right as things stand to replace him. 
So not a great, not no one to replace him with, and and a bit early all, all in all. That's your thoughts there, Soren. Do you agree with that, or what do you think about Smoot and Fnatic situation? The interesting thing is, like this move also came basically like today. There was some news came out that seems like it's a corollary piece, which is that apparently Brawlan, who was a current member of Fnatic as well, but a Swedish player, might end up getting signed by NIP for a big buyout. Now, the reason I bring that up is I don't think they're necessarily unconnected. Like the story that we know so far with Smuya is supposedly he claims he was even told by other means, during this event, like before matches were all even finished, that they essentially were looking to replace him and looking for another AWPer. I'd imagine, by the way, it would just come up from other players. Like If they're putting the word out there, the players themselves are the ones who are going to know. right? I, I wonder already, in light of this news coming out right after it, because here's the problem. If your logic goes, I'm removing Smuya because I don't think he's good enough or he's a bad attitude or something, and again, you guys are focused on like, you know, who am I replacing with, Baba. If it then turns out I'm also letting essentially the best young player in my team go to my rival... That actually makes it sound like you're doing a whole rehaul anyway. Maybe you're only, maybe it's just like Alex and someone else stays and then you're building a different type of squad. That sounds like there's a whole bunch of moving pieces going on here and it wasn't just the Smoothie one. That was just the first domino to drop. So I think there's that to say. So I don't think it's as simple as is Smoothie good enough or not. Then if you go specifically to Smoothie though, I will say those circumstances do sound fucked up. Like if people don't know, in CSGO, the order of the most important events goes like this. The majors are always number one, but right under them, number two, is Katowice and Cologne by ESL if they run them as a real land because those are real lands with a big stadium and a real crowd and they and ESL always does a very good job with the production you know all the tech stuff's going to be good so basically those events and typically you get say three or four in a year at the current rate not like the old days basically those are your three or four biggest events of the year so the idea that you're sort of like going into an event without the team you really want, already plan to replace someone at the event, but then they have to play out. Like, that seems to me like something's a bit off with Fnatic anyway. Like, that doesn't sound like what you'd do if you had confidence in that lineup. Like, if you wanted to remove them, you'd wait until the the event was totally done. You'd go, right, we didn't do as well as we should, so now we're rethinking, okay, now maybe we remove this guy. So that already implies to me, I've got to say, that it isn't just performance-related, because logically, he's only done, like, two lands. This was his second land, so if they're trying to replace him before the end of the second land, it can't just be that they don't think he was good enough as a land CSGO player, in my opinion. I think it alludes to the most obvious story about the Smoothie one, and I can't believe I'm the only one to bring this up. This just shows you how media works, boys and girls, because if you don't know, the people who made Smoothie infamous for being a cunt of a human being was my other podcast, By the Numbers, with me and Richard Lewis. But here's what you might not know if you haven't watched that show in the last six months. Say, a few months before he joined Fnatic, Smuya came to Richard, and as he's tried to do many times in the past, apologised to him. They did an interview, and they sort of found, you know, they had more common, like, background, like, they're both working-class guys from the UK who don't come from money and stuff. And basically, because he apologised to Richard, and Richard just was sort of like, right, on the show, I'm going to give him, like, a second chance. Everyone else in the community's just done the same thing. And they're all just like, see? Oh, he's no longer, like, a toxic guy. He's, like, a really cool guy now. And, like, he's like, what are you talking about? What, just because some fucking boomer from Wales says that? That makes it true. And secondly, you are where Richard doesn't play in Fnatic, right? We don't know what the team environment's like, so all I'll say is this, right? Every big team Smoothie has been in, the two notable ones were obviously big, and then, what the fuck were they even called back then? It was the team that Steel was leading when we were in Flashpoint. I can't remember what they were called. It wasn't Ghost, it was something else at that point in time. I'm trying to think what it was called. I forget, but everyone know, everyone will know the team I'm talking about. It was basically the one that had Smoothie and Steel at Flashpoint 1, if you look it up. Right, even that team, where basically Smoothie was already carrying them, they were like a Tier 2 team, 
Dude, even that team, the only reason he had to be removed officially from that team is if the pandemic began and he had to go to the UK and he didn't have a visa anymore. But even they sort of low-key dissed him on the way out, implying he was like a bit of a shitter as a person. The problem is this. People don't make a 180-degree change in their personality. All you can hope for, and believe me, Rich knows this from working with fucking Forgiven and the likes of that, all you can hope for is this. Just give me 10%. Just basically be enough, like, act like that. My joke, I used to literally say this to Forgiven, Nanawa, all my mates, I used to say, just act like you're a human being, mate. I know you can't be one, you are utterly fucked in your head. But, like, for example, say your teammate fucks up and you think, what a worthless piece of shit. Just think that in your own brain, and you'll be fine. I said, I know they're going to tell you, you have to, like, you know, you have to be a better person. Like, I said, I'm not a miracle worker, mate, I'm just your mate. But what I can tell you is, just don't say to him that he's a shitter cunt who should be on the team, is worthless. Like, the joke is, I think that's all Smoothie did. He did basically what Simple did on, like, he did it on a more extreme level. He just reined a little bit of his personality in to make it tenable to stay in these teams. But I don't think Simple did as good a job. And I think, um, uh, sorry, Smoothie did as good a job. And I would suspect Smoothie was, at a minimum, a little bit of a cunt. And Here's the other downside, and I'm going to say it because I'm Thor and I can say this shit. I've met Smoothie. He's not an intelligent guy. The difference is this. Simple is actually, at least game-wise, a really intelligent guy. Like, I actually think when he acted in an obnoxious behaviour, much like maybe a Forgiven or these sorts of players, I think it's a really misdirected, like, it's a mischanneled frustration of wanting to win so much that essentially you tear everyone down when you can't do it. You're, essentially, that's like your bad way of processing that you're lost. You blame your teammates, you blame everyone else. Like, you, but... The problem with this is, I think Smoothie was just a bit of a cunt, that's it. I don't think it was anything to do with that he's some super competitor. I think he's just a bit of an arsehole. Like, it, by the way, he is what he appears to be. He's just some fucking chav kid from the UK. That's about it. Like, so I don't I don't get this whole redemption arc. Like, if people don't know, I don't... I don't if I want to listen to really good music, I just pop on, like, a fucking brilliant CD. Well, whatever, boom reference. I just pop in an <laughs> album, don't I? I'm not like you guys. I don't go, well... To get my music, I'd like to also hear about this guy whose mum had AIDS and he was homeless for six months and I hope he makes it this well. I don't give a fuck about those reality shows. I don't care about redemption arcs. Like, all I care about in CSGO is simple. Are you really good at CSGO? And this is my one problem, is I can boil this entire topic down to that. Smooya is a player who, has, who, I agree, had a lot of potential, but it's been years now. People are talking like he's like some new-gen player. Smooya was in the Cologne final with Big in 2018, boys. That was years ago. If he was ever actually going to unlock all his potential, it probably would have happened by now. Now, he looked when we went into the online-only period like he was doing that because he was playing in Tier 2. And in Tier 2, yes, he farmed the fuck out of all the Tier 2 opposition. The problem is you've never actually seen him do that online against Tier 1 with consistency. So this is the downside. When you've got as much baggage as he does i don't think teams are actually obliged to take a flyer on him like it's not as certain that he will become some super talent to me i've always said potential doesn't mean shit if you can't actually do it like it's just an idea like well maybe i couldn't beat you if I... oh yeah who gives a fuck i did beat you that's all that matters and look at the scoreboard i win you lose goodbye go tell your mom about your potential and she'll go oh yeah stroke your fucking hair as you cry yourself to sleep i don't give a fuck mate so basically in short i don't look I don't know who they can replace him with. Probably not someone as good right now. But I imagine there was probably a little bit of baggage and fuckery to do with personal aspects that might have brought the team down. Secondly, I'll also throw in, Swedes famously only like to play with Swedes because they want the culture fit to be great. This is like the Ellis and Cloud9 thing. You're going to take Smooya, a British chav, and drop him into an area with a bunch of Swedes that are all quiet and want everyone to be polite. Are you out of your fucking mind? The question is, when does that bomb blow up? Not if. 
The fucking time, you already lit the timer. At the beginning, you set the fucking fuse going. What did he expect? So, I, I on the one hand, like, I, I understand why if you smooth, yeah, I think they did him a bit dirty with, like, during the event, replacing him or trying or whatever. But I actually think, ultimately, I don't think it's as big a sin as people are making out. Like, put it this way, he's not as good as people are sort of making out, like I've alluded to, because they want the redemption arc to reveal. They all want to get the feel-good moment of going, wow, he is actually a good guy now and good at the game. It's like, I don't really care. Yeah, so I'm not really care, mate. I'm 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 with you on the on the toxicity stuff, which is why I I, I don't really uh, didn't even really mention. It. I don't really care about it, and you'll be happy to know that. I'm going to be in the background with these topics, stuff. You have certain players, it'll always be the baggage. You yeah, know? but you'll be happy to know that a lot of people's did sort of uh, or now have come round to that way of thinking. Because I remember I read the uh, him getting booted uh, thread a couple of days ago, or whatever, and people were all saying guys maybe he's just super fucking toxic like he always has been in this kind of stuff so i do think that is something oh, okay. that the community is now at least somewhat aware of Fair enough. The, the, the one thing i kind of hit back uh back on a little bit is i agree that because he's not like some super spring chicken where it's like oh hot prodigy straight off the boat or whatever that you don't have to give him like loads of time in in that sense but what i would say is that at this event you care how the cs score team now you would gamble on him no <laughs> But the question isn't were Fnatic justified in signing Smuya? It was is now that they have signed him. Okay, and they, fair enough. So, yeah, okay. And, and what I, the one so, thing, oh, oh yeah, in that case, let's tie it into the LS topic. Essentially, you you sort of like are you sort of taking the similar approach that you should have known who Smuya was yes, before you signed him? Exactly. Yeah, okay. Exactly. I think that's a fair so, point. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm kind of approaching it. And as a yeah. current member of Fnatic and and the context of what he's done in Fnatic, is it reasonable to to fire him at this point? Right. As I said, I don't. As I opened with, I don't think it's egregious i do slightly err on the negative side and, and as i said just to go back to one of the things you said is like in in this tournament and essentially he was told as far as we know sort of during the tournament or just after they got kicked out or whatever that he was um uh yeah getting getting booted he was one of the best performers in their two most important series like when they played against phase and who was the uh astralis he was either top fragging or he was like at least uh performing a lot better than some of the other people on the team and obviously counter-strike you know a bit cliche but counter-strike is a team sport and so far as it's like oh come on you know you've had you know plenty of time and you haven't shown it or whatever like his team did not perform well at all he was actually one of the best perform one of the two best performers I would, I would have said on this team at this event so i don't want to completely tie the team result to his individual performance i actually think he did decently uh, or at least you know not too bad he didn't put in a performance where off the back of this singular performance and again this is the first major land he's played with the team i would boot this guy if it had been a case of you know he'd absolutely tanked it the millisecond they got on land or something and there's the historical precedence as well sure but because of the context of how the tournament had been going as well that's why i kind of sort of conclude slightly negative but as i said i don't i don't think it's like egregious i'm just a bit confused what what they're gonna do afterwards. that's a good distinction to make though Quick hit before we move on about Smuya. Do you guys think he's going to find himself another high tier or high caliber team? And if so, will it be soon? Oh, see, there's an interesting tangent on that that I could have said in the other answer, actually. So I'll just go into it now, basically. He is also, in my opinion, a victim of the current circumstances of the politics of how you sign players in Counter Strike. So his problem goes like this. Like I said, 
on when it, when everyone was playing only online, he actually was tearing it up, and he looked like at that point he actually did justify that he has to have a shot at a tier one team. The problem he has is this: is if this was before we were had in the online era, that wouldn't have needed to happen. He would have just been online already in tier two competitions. He would have dominated. He would have gotten his shot, and he would have had way more lands than this to try it out. He wouldn't have had like two tournaments in four months and then been out of the team. So I'll also say, like, put it this way: people like my mate Kenny S can't get a fucking team right now in tier one he's like one of the greatest players ever so we're also in like at something of a new world where a lot of the old rules how you made it in the scene don't really apply right now and so unfortunately i think the baggage angle for smooya does that will weigh heavily on joining other teams as well and it depends actually funnily enough on this one as well what comes out publicly if nothing comes out publicly he might be all right but i imagine if it's ever implied that he was toxic that might that might be the end of him being in a tier one team this this looked like the last gig and it was mainly because this actually to go to what rich said about why did they sign him this is the dirty part is they did sign him when they had no options as good and if anything he was actually sort of like an obvious person to take a crack at because if you remember they had that jacino guy before who just wasn't doing well in the team so to me i do think it's a bit dirty to sort of sign someone in that sense and then go like some vader shit like you've just changed the terms of the deal for no reason like what the fuck you know what do you think rich is he got another shot coming yeah so it, i guess obviously it kind of depends what you class as a tier one team but if we call like tier one like top mm, 15 in the world or something i don't think that will be his next destination no i think he might kind of turn into uh oh what was that Brazilian Orpical that people overrated like fuck when he was just permanently playing like tier two, tier three tournaments. Oh fuck, I know what you mean actually. Oh I... Z ZQK or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He's just gonna turn into one of these guys where like that that's his problem as well. Like a player like Smuya, because he's never fully proved it at the elite level, he's one of these guys that's really a bit too good for tier two. And he yes. will always just be hard sm like Chris J online, right? Like way back in the day before he actually more legitimized himself. Um, he's just going to be like a Chris J on a tier two team forever, uh, unless he unless another tier one team does give him a chance. But I would guess probably not. He's probably going to be at the very, very, very top of the next tier down. Would be my guess. All right. Well, that's been CSGO. Let's move on to our who wins section. Our last section today of our episode, who wins? I this this is this is lined up pretty perfectly here because we've had four little little bets between uh, Thorin and Ray. And it's uh, it's two apiece here. Last time it was uh, Thorin leveling things out as Fnatic beat G2 in the LEC. So this is going to be the decider. As a reminder, whoever gets this prediction correct, they're going to put a forfeit upon the other person. Now, we're not 100% sure what those forfeits are because both Rich and Thorin are thinking of evil things. Um... But it's going to be juicy, whatever it is. This time around, we're betting on IM Katowice, the quarterfinals. Uh, it's FaZe versus Gambit. That's happening on Saturday. Rich, who are you taking on this one? Yeah, I would first say, I, I don't know. I genuinely don't know why. But for some reason, I was just like way super overly confident that G2 were definitely going to be <laughs> Fnatic, which is really weird because it, I, even in my head, I was like, this is a super close game. It could go either way. But for some reason, I just decided just before the game that they were definitely going to win. And I was basically preparing the victory parade. Uh, so I, 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 you started the game. What? I don't know. I don't know why. It's, it's just weird. I just had this feeling. I was like, this game was, you know, it's going to be known as the Thorin no block game. Like I, I just thought, ah, oh, I, ah, I was convinced. But yeah. So anyway, moving on from my PTSD from the LEC last week. Um, so yeah, I'm taking uh, Gambit uh, for this one. Um, 
the main reason is like I feel like they're almost kind of a, a reverse narrative of what they, I kind of thought they might be uh, going into the tournament, which is as I said last time, I think feel like Gambit's a team that's probably benefited the most from the online era and like really solidifying themselves as like the second best team in the world, which I didn't actually think, I mean, points wise or circuit points wise or whatever, like HLTV do their ranking system on wise. Sure, it was justified, but I felt like it was somewhat illegitimate because they hadn't had like enough of the super sort of big lamb moments to be like the very established number two team. But during this tournament, like they had, they started, you know, a little bit iffy. They had some a couple of funky results, like they dropped a map to like Copenhagen Flames and shit. But they've actually been sort of more legitimizing themselves as the tournament's gone along. And they've actually been playing better as the tournament's gone along. And they seem to be peaking at the right time to me. I mean, their last two games is 2 0 ring Vitality and 2 0 ring uh, who was in the last game? NIP, um, who I think maybe. Uh, actually looking a little bit better than I thought they would at this tournament. So uh, legitimate competitors. So yeah, to me, they just look like the de facto second best team at this tournament. Um, as I said, I kind of had like Virtus Pro as my sort of pick to to make, make the final as it were. But that was also off the assumption that I thought that um, Gambit wouldn't be, uh, as I said, that de facto second best team. But I do actually think right now they are looking like that team. So it's more about how Gambit are looking Versus me having like a bunch of negative things to say about FaZe. I don't particularly. I think FaZe look like a decent version of what people, you know, thought they'd look at, look like. They seem to be in the right sort of echelon of where most people predicted. But I, I just think Gambit has slightly exceeded my expectations. So yeah, I'm, I'm going for them. So you're not quite planning the victory parade with this Gambit pick? Uh, we'll see Appar apparently apparently i just had like a massive injection of a uh, dopamine just before the the g2 game started so have, i can't you. promise that won't happen again like love it, it. you know <laughs> no i love promises. it Born, mate so i guess you're taking phase tell me why yes here's the thing this is mainly predicated it's a bit like riches it's actually going to mainly be about gambit it's not actually about phase as much but it ties into phase so the problem with gambit goes like this there's a reason at the major why so many of us analysts, even in the semi-finals when they were playing Na'Vi, the clear number one team in the world in an unbeatable team on LAN, that so many of us analysts tried to make the case that Gambit could win that series and the major. Because in terms of like raw potential, you've seen them play online when they just play in a non-crowd setting. They are a really fucking good team in Counter-Strike. The problem is when they... The first moment that cracked the unbeatable Gambit image in everyone's mind was the first LAN last year, which was IEM Cologne, run by ESL as well. But it was an event without a crowd, but it was still like a LAN in the sense that you went to the physical location. True, teams played from the hotels, but it was like the closest from the online era to having a real LAN again that we'd had. And basically what happened was exactly this story. Gambit came in heavily hyped. They made it to the quarterfinals. They played against FaZe Clan in the quarterfinals and FaZe Clan beat them. Now, the reason why, if you go and watch that match, is one, Gambit players played slightly worse because it was online. Not terribly worse, but they just weren't as superlative as they were online. And then secondly, and this is the thing we'd all been waiting for in the online period. The one thing you cannot replicate with online games is the feeling of being on a stage with a giant crowd of people. 
wasn't a crowd in that sense. But again, you're in the stage of you're not in your home, and this is the key thing. You're you're working under LAN rules. So if people don't know, online in Counter Strike, in most tournaments, you could actually talk as a coach whenever you wanted because it couldn't be sort of enforced. Like you're in a different location. So what they did to make it simple was they just said like, ah, you can pretty much do it, do it whenever you want. Like it's not going to work at LAN, but you can do it online. Now, loads of teams, and definitely in my opinion, Gambit abused that. Now it was the right thing to do at the time because if you're playing an online tournament, and you're allowed to have your coach talk, have him talk, have more input in the game. But I do think, unfortunately, it made them seem like the tactical best team in the world. And when they went to actual lands, they were still good. Like, I think Nefani's a very good leader, but they, they they couldn't have the coach talk all the time. They didn't have, like, the sort of hive mind approach. And so I already noticed, not only were they looking a bit worse when they first came to land, but this is the key detail. The reason why it was FaZe Clan that beat them is because Carrigan is probably one of the best land callers that Counter-Strike has ever seen. And his specialty is calling on the fly. So you can prep all that good shit you want for months and months and months. If he finds a weakness or he finds something that's not working for you in the game, he can switch it up in the instant. And so in my opinion, he is tailor-made to be the in-game leader, to beat a team like Gambit. And this is the difference. That was the old FaZe Clan with Olaf Meister. Now they've got Rops, who's one of the best players. Sure, he's had his time off at this tournament, but he's still one of the best players in the world. And on top of that, there's going to be a crowd there. So look, I would actually say, if you took, if this was like a, just an online game, Gambit's the favourite. But I actually think it's the intangibles around the game and then what Carrigan brings uniquely in terms of as an in-game leader. I think that is what will mean FaZe Clan will win this game. I think what will happen basically is you won't see the Gambit you saw in those group stage games. I'd love it if you did, but I would imagine they'll be, I don't think they will be bad. They won't flunk it, but they'll just be like, say, like 7.5 out of 10 Gambit. Like, they'll be in the game, it'll be three maps, but they'll lose a close series. And I think Carrigan will outcall them. There's my oh, prediction. That sounded pretty confident as well. So, are you planning your victory parade? Oh, I think I'm going to listen. I will say as well. Like this, this particular one is probably close to 50-50 odds. Like I, I mean, in fact, the form might even favor Gambit, as Richard was saying. If you look at the rest of the tournament, the problem is this, right? I also like when I lose or win to bet with like people I'm comfortable with. So even though that I did violate that last week by essentially I could have lost and Fnatic could have fucked me, which you know <laughs> history doesn't spot. I'll just say this: I've lost a lot of really big and important bets betting on Carrigan. So fuck it, why break the habit of a lifetime? I'll do it again. I'll do it again. All right, brilliant stuff. That's about uh, that. About does it for us today. Anything you guys want to finish off? Wait, 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 wait. Do, doesn't oh. uh, doesn't oh. Thorin have to at least you know throw a potential forfeit out there? Otherwise, I might lose and not even know what I'm in for. Or am I just is it just going to be announced on the next? Oh, show? Are we gonna? Yeah, uh, that was my. Yeah, no, but the well, only... so, so you're idea, implying but... then basically that your forfeit from like two weeks ago is what yours is going to be then. Mm. That I can't block any for two days. Are you, are you implying yeah, that? So why is you well, to say your forfeit? Why do I have to say my forfeit if you don't say yours? <laughs> well, that I mean, yeah, I mean, well, it depends. If you were going to give yours today, well, then your I would. Forfeit and I'll go ahead and do mine. What? So yeah, is that yeah, your forfeit? If, if that's, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, so just to clarify, your forfeit, Rich. If you win this, Thorin. I just feel, by the way, I just feel like you when it's a deciding game. So one person wins, guaranteed this time. You kind of have to know what the stakes are, right? Okay. Okay, sure. So, so what? So, so just remind us what your forfeit is again. So, my forfeit is that for a forty-eight-hour period, Thorin is not allowed to block anyone on Twitter, and at the start of this forty-eight-hour period, he has to announce it as so. <laughs> All right. Do you have a forfeit in mind, Thorin? In response to that, he's trying to go sort of vicious. So, fuck it. I might switch it up then. I might just do something funny. Like, let me think. I, I, I have the thing, I haven't thought of the specifics, but the gist will be something like, he'll have to do something funny, like, 
fucking explain like the 5.5k meme about Svenskeren, but only in conversation with TSM fans. So they if they message him and he has to reply and explain what the situation was. Something like that. Something annoying, basically. If you're going vicious, fuck it. I see I don't class mine as vicious because fun fact I've never blocked anyone on Twitter so you know for me the idea that you know it's 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 just like eating breakfast isn't it (laughs) all right we'll maybe get some more specifics of Thorin's idea of the of the forfeit but that's where that's that's the region it's heading there okay cool so whoever wins this prediction that's uh, that's it. That's so don't think, by the way, like in, by, as a general rule, I don't actually think for forfeits you should never do anything that's actually horrible. It should always be sure. like within the spirit of being lighthearted and like just fun or whatever. So I would never make mad that cruel. I'd just make it annoying. That would be my main approach, <laughs> make it annoying. All right. It's going to make it annoying. And uh, he's seen more, uh, Thorin seems more confident than you, Rich, about his Richie parade. So are you ready to do something annoying if you lose this one? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not one to back down from a forfeit. So whatever it is, you know, I also noticed, by the way, in case anyone who's watching this has been blessed by the block button from uh, Mr. Esports, he has actually made now a Twitter account for people oh, yeah. who are blocked. <laughs> so uh, what I did think was a bit weird, though, is I noticed that I, I don't know if this is because you did it with like a bot or something or whatever, but yeah, that it had actually been posting for fucking ages, but you only announced it's just it. Like, cause, it's day. just because the bot was set live a few weeks ago, but I was busy uh, with some other shit in my life. So at the time, I just said, like, ah, oh, whatever, I'll, I'll announce it like in a few Yeah. At the time, no one was following the account. It was just working as it should. If people don't know as well, I'll give you a little bit of juice. I intentionally made it like it actually was cheaper to have the corder just make a bot that reposts exactly the text I do. But what I didn't want was for it to be where essentially someone who doesn't like me could just get around not even having it ever follow me and just follow that shit bot. So I said, how can you make it more annoying though so they don't feel like they're actually following a Twitter account? So that's why what it actually does is it screenshots my tweets. <laughs> then it posts a screenshot. And to even read all the words, you have to actually expand the screenshot. And then it has a watermark of me laughing like Tom Cruise. like... <laughs> Because what I want you to feel if you're actually following that account is the level of humiliation I'm putting you through. That you must read my tweets, but you know that you're blocked. And this is the only way you can do it is by crawling through that fucking pipe of shit. And that's what you get at the end is to read my tweets. So, you know, listen, I'm pretty fucked up. I can't lie, but it's pretty funny. It's it's a funny way to process it, isn't it, Fox? It's pretty good. I'm laughing, man. I think that was... was Shout out to Anders Bloom, by the way, for for the idea. It's a fucking banger idea. I thought so. I thought it was just like fan made or something. I didn't so you, you actually, oh, I actually paid for this to be made. Me, I said, let's do this right. Let's fucking let's listen. It's a gift to the community in some ways. The bot runs yeah, on XRP. Yeah, yeah. I heard. There you yeah. go. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be a tax write off of yours. It's necessary. What can I say? It's not. It has to be done. All right. And on that note, thank you so much, guys. I'm looking forward to seeing the results of IM Katowice and uh, getting that that forfeit done next week. Thanks a lot for being here, guys. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.